Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Wellness Within would like to thank our sponsors, Union Pacific and Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op for supporting our podcast. For over 150 years, Union Pacific has been committed to building America and improving the standard of life for millions across the country. Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op maintains programs that strengthen access to healthy foods and partners with countless organizations to help support important issues in our community. Welcome back to Wellness Within Studio. I have still Nancy online here. We are going to do an extended version, dig down, get a little more education and resources and knowledge around all the nutritional needs that are really important. We're going to start with what are macronutrients? I hear that and I know that people squint when I say that. What's a macronutrient? I know, right? So macronutrients mean we take those nutrients in in larger amounts, in gram amounts. So that would be our protein, our fat, and our carbohydrates. Those are our three macronutrients. And then the micronutrients are the vitamins, the minerals, the plant nutrients. We take them in in smaller amounts rather than grams. There are milligrams or even micrograms. And those are things like calcium, zinc, iron, molybdenum, and quercetin, all our plant goodies. Here's the key. Here's the real tip. The micronutrients are the metabolic switches that allow us to use the macronutrients. So what does that mean? So if I'm having a meal with, say, some chicken and just chicken and a little bit of vegetables, it's not as good as a little bit of chicken and a lot of vegetables because the micronutrients in the vegetables help me utilize the protein and fat in the chicken. So macronutrients, micronutrients, we take them in part of a balanced diet. So the first macronutrient is protein, especially important on the cancer journey, post-treatment, during treatment, we are repairing tissue. The treatments are killing off cancer cells. Some of the good cells are getting killed off, but they can repair. In order to repair, they need protein structurally 
And like I said, we need vitamins and minerals from our plant foods to help us utilize that protein. Good sources of protein, high quality animal foods, eggs is one of the highest bioavailable sources of protein. Whey protein, like a whey protein powder, is another good source of bioavailable protein. Fish is really good as well. Wild caught is better. If you're going to do beef and lamb, we do less of those typically, but and we make sure they're super high quality. So this is where we like organic or even grass-fed, grass-finished because it's what the animal eats. We want to make sure that we're not eating animal foods where the animals have been given hormones or been given chemicals in the feed. So the deal with animal foods is very high quality and smaller amounts. You can get quite a bit of protein from plant foods, and this is where beans are our superstar. If we combine our bean with a whole grain like a brown rice or quinoa, it's complete. Mushrooms are actually a pretty good source of protein. We get about four grams in a cup. Oyster mushrooms are one of the best sources of mushroom-derived protein, easy to digest, and the protein is more bioavailable. Plus, you get the added benefit of the immune-enhancing. Mushrooms are immune-enhancing. Mushrooms have to be cooked well, and they have to be organic. They're hard to digest. So I like to saute them. And if digestion's a little weak, I'll saute them with some spices and then add some broth and blend it all up really well for like a nice cream of mushroom soup with mushrooms with a broth. So fat is the next macronutrient. And this is the macronutrient that I think people like to pick on, this fat phobic. It's like don't have fat, which really is kind of disturbing because it's a macronutrient that's critical for health. We need fat to absorb fat-soluble nutrients, such as vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and K. We also need fat to insulate our brains and our nervous system. Plant fats is what we like to emphasize. These are things like avocado. Thank goodness we live in California or wherever you live, you can get avocados, olives, olive oil, coconut. And then animal fats, cold water fish is good. Sardines are excellent, full of omega-3 fats that are anti-inflammatory. If you are going to do animal fats, beef or lamb, smaller amounts occasionally, a couple times a week, because they do have saturated fat that we like to limit. And let's see, carbohydrates, our favorite macronutrient, gives us quick energy. There's complex carbs and there's refined carbs. So obviously our whole grains that are long-chained, complex carbs, higher fiber, those are going to be gentler on our blood sugar. So wild rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes. So there's different types of carbs. There's the simple ones, which is in your simple sweets and sugar, which we really want to limit. And there's the complex carbs in our grains and our beans. Beans have protein as well as starch. And they also fibrous, like our broccoli, our asparagus. Those guys also have carbohydrates. And these carbohydrates give us energy. And we really do need them because it gives us B vitamins and also provides starches that feed the good bacteria. I have a friend who um, 
when she was she had a very difficult time with foods. And one of the things that she said that she did was she came to love sweet potatoes. And she said she would bake a sweet potato and put lots of good butter, you know, butter that's, oh. you know, clean butter. And she said it was the most soothing meal that she would do for herself. And she would eat that almost every day because it was the only thing she could keep down. I agree. They're one of my favorite foods. And think about it. It's one of the first baby foods. Yeah, that's true. Tends to be very easy to digest and take some sweet potatoes. And you can even get purple sweet potatoes Mm -hmm. and bake, bake a bunch. I'll bake a bunch in my toaster oven and I keep them in their little jackets cool them and I keep them in the refrigerator. I'll grab one for a snack or I'll take one for a side, put it on a plate. I love your idea of the butter. And then if you want it to be savory, I'll put garlic and oregano and thyme. If I'm having it for a snack and I want it to be sweet, I'll put some cinnamon on it. But sweet potatoes, a wonderful starch. And I think so many people think, oh, ketogenic or paleo. And and they don't have enough starches, smaller amounts of starch, but the starches is what feeds your good bacteria, and your good bacteria actually make these beneficial compounds that strengthen and balance our immune system, which we're really stoked to do right now. So yeah, sweet potatoes, one of my favorite carbs. Okay, so is there anything else with protein, fat, carbs, starches? So I just said, make sure that you get the micronutrients. So, so I think what you need to talk about is the proportions, mm-hmm. right? So nutrient density, the protein and fat, very nutrient-dense, smaller amounts. So if you divide up your plate, most of your plate, about 75% of your plate should be like non-starchy carbohydrates, like your salad greens, your broccoli, your asparagus, your fibrous ones. And then about 25% of your plate is going to be a starch, maybe a sweet potato or a potato or a whole grain. And then about 25% of your plate will be your protein, or you can think about the size of the palm of your hand or deck of cards. So that could be a piece of fish That could be some chicken, that could be some tofu, that could be some grass-fed beef. Of course, those proportions are going to vary. If somebody's diabetic, we may need to cut the starches even more. It'll depend on what your carb tolerance is. But enjoying a balance of foods, but but the take-home is way more colorful veggies than your protein or fat because they provide vitamins and minerals and plant nutrients that help you utilize the protein and fat. And another good way to get fat on is just a drizzle of olive oil, or you mentioned butter, a little bit of grass-fed butter on a potato, or a drizzle of olive oil. Olive oil is a cancer-fighting food. It's got a lot, especially if it's unfiltered. So I love to just drizzle olive oil on a lot of my food. What's your take on avocado oil? Oh, yeah, avocado oil is fine, too. Okay. You can cook with avocado oil. My favorite cooking oils are unfiltered olive oil and coconut oil. And the avocado oils and those other oils, they do have to process them in order to allow you to cook with them. The thing about the olive oil in terms of cancer fighting is just just a lot of cancer fighting compounds and olive oil, especially if it's unfiltered. There's way more polyphenols. And the thing about oil, they'll say, well, that could smoke. Don't ever let an oil smoke. So if you take your pan 
and put it on the stove and let it keep for about a minute, maybe a minute, then add one or two tablespoons of olive oil, let it heat for maybe a minute, a little less, then add your food. You Mm. won't get any smoking at all. And so you're getting the benefit of the olive oil. I mean, it's one of the keys to the Mediterranean diet is try to get unfiltered, high quality olive oil. So what do you think about sugar? Because everybody's afraid of sugar. Everybody, sugar feeds cancer and everybody gets pretty afraid of that. I'm not a fan of fear-based nutrition. And I think if you, sugar is problematic for cancer and that cancer uses glucose sugar very inefficiently so it needs a lot of sugar and in order to accommodate that it has a lot of receptor sites for insulin which is how sugar gets into the cell so you can understand the connection where how people would say sugar feeds cancer but it's it's a little bit of an oversimplification having their sugar and their sugar so fruit is okay processed sweets cookies candies Those aren't nutritious, and those can spike your blood sugar. However, if I've had a meal, and it had some protein, and it had some fat, and it had lots of veggies, and there was a wonderful cookie, can I have that cookie? Oh, no, I can't have that cookie. It's going to cause my cancer to spread. doesn't really work that way. You could have that one cookie after you've had some protein and fat. And the protein and fat has actually stabilized your blood sugar. So you're not going to have that glucose spike followed by an insulin spike, especially if that sweet has some fiber in it. So say somebody baked a wonderful oatmeal cookie and there was some chocolate chips in it. Yeah, it had a little bit of sugar, but it also had the oats, so it had some fiber. So if you can control your sweet consumption, so you have one cookie you know, after a meal, couple times a week, sure, but sugar is addictive and sugar can be like heroin. And so if I have one cookie that's like a slippery slope, I want to have half the bag or the whole bag. So you have to ask yourself, what's your sugar tolerance? Are you a sugar junkie? Meaning if you have the cookie, is it going to cause you to crave it more? Because I find a lot of people are addicted to sugar And in those cases, we need to do a sugar detox for two weeks, absolutely no sugar. It's very hard to do. You have to almost sign yourself up to live in a rubber room for two weeks and have no... (laughs) That to me, sign me up. (laughs) So so sugar is very complicated, very complicated. Don't be afraid of it if you can manage it. What I tell people to do, if you have a sweet tooth, can you satisfy that sweet tooth with some fruit or some dried fruit and coconut and nuts? Or could you make a high-fiber sweet snack like sunflower crunchies with sunflower seeds and almond butter and coconut, and we'll make a nice little natural sweet so we're getting some nutrition. So stay away from the processed sweets, the processed cookies and candies. And if you can have a little bit of dark chocolate that's high in magnesium and you can stick to like that one square lucky you. But if you're the kind of person that says, nope, I have to have the whole bar, then that's not for you. Yeah, right. What about foods, when we talk about all these different foods, what about foods that will boost and balance your immune system? Because, you know, we're all concerned about our immune system being robust and strong. So are there 
your go-to foods that you say the okay. best ones to boost and balance your immune system? So let's talk about, so first you need protein. Make sure your protein's good. So your doctor does the blood work. If your doctor mentions your total protein or albumin is low, then we got a problem. If you have low albumin, then you don't have enough protein to make immune factors to make immune cells. So this is where we need our macronutrients. Then the other thing is this is where your vegetables and fruit really come in. This is why people who aren't eating fruit because of the sugar are missing out on the immune boosting vitamins and minerals. So right now, nectarines, if you cut open a nectarine, it's got that beautiful color. Loaded with vitamin C, quercetin, major antiviral player, vitamin A, major antiviral player. So I would say it's really important to have 10 plus servings of vegetables a day and about three to four servings of fruit a day and try to diversify them and go for color. That's number one. Number two, have some cultured foods such as yogurt or sauerkraut because that's what's going to give you those friendly bacteria that's going to help balance your immune system. Number three, mushrooms. So mushrooms, cooked mushrooms, organic mushrooms, vary the mushrooms. The thing about plant foods and mushrooms, diversity is really important. They did a study about who are the people who have the most resistance to all diseases, people who just don't get sick with any type of disease. And they found the number one thing was that they had the most diverse amount of probiotic bacteria. The more diverse your probiotic bacteria is, the less your risk for all diseases, including cancer. How do you get the most diverse probiotic bacteria in the gut? And everybody thought, oh, it's by eating your yogurt and cultured foods, but actually not. It's by having abundance and diversified amount of plant foods. So this is where we want to diversify and have crunchy veggies and green veggies and orange veggies and starchy veggies. Let's see, what else? In terms of respiratories, remember this is a respiratory virus. So keeping our immune system strong and balanced, getting our exercise and taking our deep breaths. I'm sorry, when you talk about respiratory virus, so you're yeah. you're alluding you're speaking to currently the pandemic that we're dealing with, right? Yeah, but it's both. I mean, that's the thing. You People with cancer are being careful anyway, because if your white counts are lower, so yeah. whether you're trying to fight off COVID-19, which is a particularly nasty respiratory virus, or whether you're just trying to fight off the run-of-the-mill viruses that are still around, mm-hmm. right? right? So just saying that breathing is very, very important for digestion and also to keep your immune system up. So your cultured foods, your veggies, and quercetin is really, really high in apples and really high in onions. You know, what else they are finding is that melatonin is really important. People with low melatonin are at higher risk for the severity of COVID-19 infections. Melatonin is one of those very, very interesting hormones that not only affects sleep, it affects overall immunity as well because our immunity is on a circadian rhythm. So this is why doing what you can to sleep, and some people will actually take a melatonin supplement. Ah, interesting. 
Well, let's wrap it up with dairy because dairy is one of the topics that like sugar, everybody feels that they have to run away from. And so people are like, how I need to get dairy. I need to get that. How do I get that in my diet? Dairy, soy, flax, red meat, all those things are the big hot topics. Yeah. Have it. So the food controversies, and again, we're coming into fear-based nutrition, right? So we've been having dairy for thousands and thousands of years. There are some problems with dairy. So the number one, if you are going to have dairy, it absolutely has to be organic because if it's not organic, it has hormones. So this is cow dairy, goat dairy, not. But cow dairy, the cows are given bovine stimulating hormone and so you can get the hormones. So at the very minimum, it has to be organic, right? Secondly, it would be preferable if it could be grass-fed so that the animal is not given soy and not given corn. And these are things that are in a natural part of the diet, so the animal would be more inflammatory. The other reason why you want it to be organic is commercial dairy. They milk the cows while they are pregnant, and while they are pregnant, they are producing more estrogen in addition to being given estrogen. The thing about dairy, so okay, we've got organic and if possible grass-fed. Goat dairy is actually a lot easier to digest. Mm. So even with dairy, the best dairy of all, it still are some challenges with it because it has casein, the protein in dairy that some people can have problems with. And if you're eating a food that you have problems with and you may not even know it, it's creating inflammation. The other thing is that it has an insulin-like growth factor. Milk, babies drink milk, it helps them grow. So milk tendency can has insulin-like growth factor that can actually be stimulating to cancer cells. So what recommendations are from experts in the field saying, if dairy is not a problem for you, if you're not lactose intolerant or you're not casein allergic, then small amounts of cultured dairy from high-quality, organically raised animals is okay. So what does that look like? That looks like high-quality yogurt, right? So you Mm -hmm. can get brands of yogurt that have good-quality bacteria in them, and we don't have hormones in them. And the yogurt is a very good source of protein, a good source of vitamins, a good source of CLA, actually, conjugated linoleic acid. That's another cancer modulator that is good. It fights cancer. So small amounts of organic dairy that is cultured is recommended. But if if you want to have a small amount of milk in your coffee every day, I think that's fine as long as it's organic. There's no hormones coming into it. What we don't want to do is be drinking milk like you know glasses of milk a day. That's it's we're concerned about that. Small amounts of high quality dairy can be very beneficial, especially yogurt. We're getting protein and we're getting good source of probiotic bacteria. So when you talk about yogurt, this is something that's confused me is I like cashew milk yogurt or um, you don't, it doesn't seem like you get the same amount of calcium from that. Is that true? That's true. So it's sort of like, unless you have a problem with dairy and how do you know if you have a problem with dairy? If you don't get overt symptoms, like if you have dairy and you notice you don't feel good, duh, you don't, but you almost have to give it up for a whole month 
Yeah. Wow, gee, I feel a little better. And then have a little dairy and, oh, yeah, I don't feel so good. So it can be very, very subtle. So if you're having a problem with dairy, you want to identify that and you want to stay away from that because it's an ongoing source of inflammation and irritation to the immune system. So cashew yogurt, yeah, that's not a traditional food if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. I make cashew yogurt. I'm getting the same level of probiotic bacteria, but I'm not getting the same amount of protein and I'm not getting the same amount of calcium. I am getting some, but remember we can get calcium from greens, kale. we can get calcium from beans. So people are a little bit, I think, overdoing with, Oh, I need calcium for my bones. Yeah. You need magnesium. You need boron. You need, you need a lot of things. You need to make sure your vitamin D level is, is up because vitamin D tells the body to absorb calcium from the intestine and not excrete so much from the kidney. So get your vitamin D levels up and beans and greens, good sources of calcium and your nuts and seeds, your almonds will provide some. So yeah, it's a trade-off. If you yeah, can. it definitely is. Trade-off. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. You're so welcome. Time for us today. And um, you and I offline, will put something on the calendar and get you back to do a Zoom class for our crew. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much. Take good care. Thank you. Bye-bye. For those who would like more information about Nancy and all the many resources that she has on her website, you can go visit her at www.4seasonsnutrition.com and that's F-O-U-R, 4seasonsnutrition.com. Thanks for joining us here today. This is Patty Brown from Wellness Within signing off. Until the next time, take care, folks.